Mary was the woman who was changed by Jesus. Jesus had driven uh, seven demons out of her life. And we don't know exactly what they were, um, but we know that she had been set free. She'd been uh, set free from oppression and she'd been taken out of darkness. And after being set free, she, along with um, other women and the disciples, traveled with Jesus. So she would have heard his teachings. She would have seen him perform perform miracles. And um, she would have been greatly impacted by him. And though many of Jesus' followers, including the disciples, ran away before the fearful event of the crucifixion, uh, Mary and uh, some of the other women um, stuck around. And... Um, she's there as Jesus dies. She follows to see his tomb and sees where his body is laid. Um, and then she goes home with um, some of the other women to prepare spices for anointing his body. Um, and uh, even though his body would have been prepared before, they, they do that after as well, a sense of really honouring. Um, I guess in some ways, like we would go and lay flowers uh, to show the dead how much we love and respect them. Um, so let's turn in our Bibles, if you've got one, and it's going to come up on here, uh, to John chapter 20, verses 1 to 18. Here comes my amazing gospel community from our really fun weekend away. Woohoo! Welcome. It's all right. Okay. Now, on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early while it was still dark and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb and we do not know where they have laid him. So Peter went out to the other disciple, and they were going toward the tomb. Both of them were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. And stooping to look in, he saw the linen cloth lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came, following him, and went into the tomb. He saw the linen cloth lying there, and the face cloth, which had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen cloth, but folded up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple who had reached the tomb first, also went in, and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not understand the scripture, that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to their home. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. And as she wept, she stooped to look into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white, sitting where the body of Jesus had lain, one at the head and one at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. Having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing, but she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father, but go to my brothers and say to them, 
I am ascending to my father and your father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord, and that he has said these things to her. Thank you, God, for your word. We just thank you that you are alive today. We thank you that your word is living, Lord. And we just thank you that uh, you can come today and that you are willing today to come and change our hearts as we get deeper into your word together. And I just pray, will you come, Holy Spirit, and breathe on us? Will you come and open the eyes of our hearts that we will encounter you in a new way today? Will you come and open our ears that we would hear your voice? Because we know that it changes everything when we hear from you today, Lord. And, uh, yeah, will you come, Lord God, and soften us, soften our hearts, Lord, that we will be ready for all that you want to say and do in us, Lord. Amen. Okay, so um, all four Gospels uh, take, uh, make note of this and they, they record um, the death and the crucifixion um, and the resurrection. Uh, but John, in his record, only mentions Mary as the woman who comes to the tomb. And uh, that's probably because uh, Mary is um, the most active and forward in her visit to the tomb. And in Mary, we see such an affection for Jesus uh, because of the affection that she's been shown by him. Uh, John writes in his letter uh, later on, we love because he first loved us. Jesus had done so much for Mary in setting her free that she is now so in love with him and adores him and is showing her affection to him in wanting to be there uh, to honour him. And much was forgiven Mary, therefore she loved much, she loved Jesus much. And in Luke's account of Jesus' life, we're told that Mary was amongst the women who provided for Jesus um, out of her means. And she's putting everything that she's got back into uh, the one who's rescued her. Then, in his, uh, in his moments, last moments, um, we see that she's showing sincere love um, in following him. To witness his death, which I'm sure would have been something that she wouldn't have wanted to see, um, and to see his burial um, and uh, dedicated to giving Jesus the right honour that she thought that he deserved. Mary goes to the tomb to anoint the body with the spices, but also to go there and cry over it. Um, when you go to see somebody who's died um, and you, you, you go to see their tomb, you go to remember things and you go to cry and to mourn. Um, and she's going there to wash the tomb with her tears. She's going, not knowing how the stone will be rolled away, because it was too heavy. It would have been too heavy for her and the women to roll away. Uh, but she's still going, hoping that somehow it will be rolled away. And she went as soon as she could. As soon as the Sabbath was over, we're told that she goes when it's still dark, uh, in, in dawn not thinking about any dangers, any fears, any obstacles, but she's seeking to find Jesus. Um, and then we're told that she arrives and the, the stone has been rolled away and she is surprised. So she wasn't expecting for that to happen. Um, this is a really glorious discovery 
But she doesn't realize that. She doesn't understand that that's what's happened at first. Um, and this rolled away tomb is going to be something amazing, and she doesn't know that. It's going to raise her expectations, even though she came feeling like Jesus hasn't met her expectations. She expected him to be king. She expected that he's the one who's come to save and to deliver. And she'd experienced something amazing of him and was hoping that there was going to be more. But she's feeling disappointed. She's come uh, not feeling like Jesus has met what she wanted. And now she's even more grieved because she's assuming uh, that his body has been stolen. And she is devastated that she can't give it the right honour that she wanted to. We would have assumed that she would know that the only conclusion of the empty tomb is that Jesus has risen. Because every time Jesus spoke to the disciples about his death, he also said that he would rise again. Um, But because she doesn't understand, she doesn't see that this is good news. She doesn't understand that the Lord has risen. When she tells the disciples about what's happened, uh, John runs to the tomb, we're told, and Peter goes straight in to see the grave clothes. And after looking at the evidence, we're told that, Jesus, uh, that John believes uh, that Jesus is risen, um, and both disciples leave to go home. But we're left with the image of Mary. Um, and I just love reading that, those, that last bit that we read together about Mary. Mary stays at the tomb. She stays where Jesus was laid and she weeps. and She's full of grief. She doesn't want to return home without having done what it is that she came to do, which was to anoint his body. And she's searching. We see such searching in her heart. And that's why she's weeping as she looks into the tomb. When we're looking for something we've lost, we search everywhere. Often when, I, uh, when the kids have lost toys, I would go and look over and over again in the same place because I'm hoping that I would just find it for them because I know how much it will make them happy or how sad that they are that they've lost something precious to them. And this is what we see in her. It's as if she's looking again in the tomb to see, is his body, is it really gone? I'm hoping if I look again that his dead body will be there, that maybe I didn't see clearly because I've been crying so much. Um, But that's not what she sees. When she looks into the tomb again, she sees two angels. They have been sent to honour Jesus and to proclaim his resurrection and to prepare Mary for the good news. Uh, And when they ask her, why are you weeping? Um, It's not so much a question, but more of them informing her that she should be rejoicing because Jesus is risen. And um, she repeats the same answer pretty much that she gave to the disciples. Um, which is strange, isn't it? Because I would imagine that if she, if you see an angel, you would be like, something's going on here. Something isn't normal. This is definitely something heavenly happening and I need to pay attention. Um, but instead, it sounds like she's, her response is a bit like her saying, look, I've got reason to, to cry. I've lost something and I've got, I've got reason to weep. Um, And she's not faced or moved at all by seeing angels. Even though her affection for Jesus has led her to seeking him, 
It seems like her grief is blinding her from seeing what's really going on. She couldn't see the signs that God was giving her. But she was so set on finding Jesus' dead body that she's not looking and understanding as to what has really gone on. Jesus is so gracious though, isn't he? Because even though he sent the angels and she didn't get it, he ends up being the one to be standing right there near her. She turns around and he's there asking her the same question that the angels ask her. Why are you weeping? But also takes it further and says, whom are you seeking? And Mary sees, <coughs> she sees who she's seeking, but she doesn't even know that it's him. For us as readers and those listening uh, to the story, we can see that the glory of the event is unraveling here. Uh, she came to seek the dead body of Jesus to honour it, but she is being met by the risen Jesus, who wants to meet her where she is. And that is amazing. She's getting way more than she came for. And uh, Jesus goes away. So, sorry, Jesus goes way beyond her expectations. Um, Mary is seeking Jesus, but doesn't even know that he is near her. Uh, Jesus is right there, even though she's not aware. Also, I love it that he's, but the first things that he says as the risen Jesus is, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? I'm assuming that he knows the answers to those questions. Those questions, he knows her heart and he knows the answers to them. Uh, but he also, like the angels, is, in, is trying to inform her, you should be rejoicing, not mourning. You should be seeking the living Jesus, not the dead. Uh, and she hasn't seen, but he's still leading her to the truth graciously. She is so dedicated, Mary, to honouring Jesus' body and is so overcome by grief that she can't see that Jesus is speaking to her. She doesn't see through her pain, she doesn't see through her loss, she doesn't see through the despair that Jesus is near until he calls her name, until he says Mary, and she recognises that it's her Lord. And it's at this moment when he calls her, she just knows who he is. And that's how Jesus chooses to reveal himself as the risen one. What's Mary's response to to her name being called by Jesus, she gives them the honourable name of Rabboni, which some translations say means a great teaching master. It's like my master, my teacher. She's at this point solely drawn to her Lord. She loves him and in her affection for him gives him this name, my master. And here we again, we're just seeing this, this unravelling of this glorious event of the risen Lord, and Mary is gradually seeing and understanding. Um, and at this point, for Mary, she um, is full of joy because her pain has been taken away because she's just realized he isn't dead, he's alive. But there's still more to come. There's always more to come with Jesus. And Jesus says to her, do not cling to me. Now, we don't know if she threw herself at him or if she embraced him. You know, we're not told what her physical actions were. But it, Jesus is speaking into what's going on in her heart. Jesus has seen that she's clinging to him in her heart 
like as if he's back to live amongst them. Just like when he brought Lazarus back from the dead, he came back to live with them. And he wants to rectify that. And he wants to show her that, yes, she is to adore him. She is to uh, call him master and love him. But not like the familiarity of before. Not to hold on to his bodily presence um, and him being there with them in the body. But having a spiritual relationship and conversation with him. And she is to do that through the Holy Spirit. And he's leading her to seeing that. And he's showing her that his resurrection is a step towards his ascension. That he's going up into heaven um, in bodily form. She is then told to go and share this good news with the other followers, with the brothers. Um, And this news is not just of his resurrection. So she's not told just to go, go and tell them that I've risen, but go and tell them that I am ascending, that I am going up into heaven. Jesus says, I'm ascending to my father and your father, to my God and your God. He is telling them what kind of a relationship he wants to have with them. That's amazing. He's saying that he is one with his followers. Here we see that Christ is humbled and the believers are being raised up so that there is a union. Isn't that amazing? Christ comes to humble himself and he raises up the believers so that there is a union. And then because of that, the father is not only Jesus' father, but it's also our Father by gracious adoption. And we, like Jesus, can call on him and say, Abba, Father. That's why Jesus says that we are his brothers and sisters, and his Father is our Father. His God is our God. Now Mary, what does she do? She's obedient and she goes and tells the disciples this good news. And also, I think she wants to rectify the mistake that she's made of leading them into inquiring of his dead body at the beginning. And now she wants to tell them it's not a dead body, it's a living one, and it's the glorified one. And he's ascending. And she found that she saw what she was, not only what she was looking for, but more. That what she saw was better than she expected or imagined. And she is full of joy. She wants The others, she wants her brothers in Christ to also share in this joy with her. And uh, that was basically going through that story. Um, And I feel like there's so much we can learn from Mary and Mary's encounter. Um, And here are just some of the things I feel like we can learn. So if you turn to Hebrews um, 11 verse 6. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Mary loves Jesus and she seeks him. And because she seeks, she finds. She's the first witness to see the empty tomb. And she keeps on seeking Jesus. And because she keeps on seeking, she ends up seeing the risen Jesus. Um, And we're told to, to seek told to seek because as we seek we will find Jesus we'll see him in depths that we didn't imagine and we might be disappointed with some relationships that we have here on earth um, 
Maybe people have let us down, but we know that Jesus will not let us down. He can satisfy us way beyond what we can expect. We will also realize when we seek him that he is drawing near to us and he is seeking us and he is loving us first, even before our overflow and excitement and affection for him. He loves us first and he really wants to be found by us even more than we want to see him. Sometimes we can be blinded like Mary was in seeing the signs of his presence. Maybe think today, if you're experiencing difficulty, if you're feeling hurt by something or by someone, if you're feeling frustrated or angry or disappointed, is it hindering you from seeing Jesus and all that he's got for you? Unlike Mary, let's draw near to God, believing that the truth is he is God. And God is. He is what he is. He's what he's revealed himself to be in the scriptures. He's infinitely perfect. He's God in three persons, Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And I really believe that knowing, really knowing in our hearts and our minds who he is, who our God is, it will keep us in constant awe of him. And it will keep us from sin. And it will spur us on to be obedient to what he's called us to do. That's why it's so important to dedicate time to listening to God through his word. By meditating on the scriptures and praying them into our lives. And listening to how God wants us to apply them to our lives. We'll also become more aware and more familiar with recognising his voice when we do that. John 10 verse 3 says, The sheep hear his voice and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When we know that we belong to God, we can trust that he would lead us to a good place. And it's so good to hear his voice uh, when we're hurting, when we're lost and confused, when we're angry, when we don't know the way forward and we're making choices in life. It's so good to hear our Lord leading us. And our Father who has adopted us will only do us good And he goes before us, leading us into a better place. And if you're here today and you're not sure uh, what you believe about Jesus, you don't know uh, who he is, you you don't know much of this gospel message, you need to know today that he is calling you by name and he wants to have a relationship with you. And uh, just to encourage you with this story, a couple of years ago, a person who is close to my husband, Hazer and I, um, was doing a Christianity Explored course where you, when you're interested in Jesus, it's the course that we were running at the time. And um, we were having it in our living room. And thinking we were three or four weeks into that course, and uh, they were really enjoying this course, but had been looking for Jesus for quite a few years. I think it's been five or six years. She'd been reading the Bible. She had close people near her who knew Jesus, but would say that she she didn't know who he was and she didn't really understand the gospel message. And um, upon doing Christianity Explored, it felt like things were happening for her. She was seeing things. And one 
evening after the course had finished, um, we were just having a conversation with her and it really felt like God was stirring something in her heart and things were happening. We were looking at her thinking, you've just got way more questions than you had earlier on in life. And um, we just said to her, let's pray for you. So we ended up praying for her. And as we were praying, we opened our eyes and she was crying her eyes out. And uh, she ended up just praying out loud herself. Um, and this is somebody who didn't, who didn't, who said he didn't believe in Jesus and wasn't following him. But during that time of us praying and over the years that God has done these things in her, she ended up um, at that moment saying that she had a picture. And she, we asked her to share with us what God was doing. And she said that she had a picture. And previous years, she said that all these years she's been looking and she just didn't understand. She just didn't understand. And at that moment when we're praying, she just felt like she had a picture. And in that picture, she was in this room with loads and loads of people, so many people. And it felt like, she felt like at that moment that God looked at her and highlighted her and said, I want you, and was pulling her out. And she was saying, she felt like she was called at that moment. She felt like God was calling her by name and saying, I want a relationship with you. Uh, so the Jesus who had died 2,000 years before that, who had been crucified uh, and killed for her, and for her sins, was then raised and is, was no longer dead. And she could have a relationship with him. She could know him in, in her life. Um, and at that moment, she also responded uh, to Jesus because she'd heard him calling her. And uh, her response was she just wanted to recognize the sins. Um, that she'd committed and that she was far from him and she really needed him in her life. And she confessed with her mouth that Jesus was Lord. Um, and it, it was one of the best things that I've seen. Um, and that could be for you now, that as you've heard about Mary's encounter with the risen Jesus, um, God is maybe stirring something in your heart. Please do come and speak to me or one of the elders or somebody who's brought you here today and we'd love to talk and pray with you. Um, and lastly, I'd love to look at Isaiah 52.7. This is one of, my, one of my favorite images in the Bible. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news, who publishes peace, who brings good news of happiness, who publishes salvation, who says to Zion, your God reigns. Now, in the Old Testament context, the watchmen discover from far away on the mountains the messenger bringing the expected and much-wished-for news of the deliverance um, from Babylonian captivity. And they immediately um, spread this good news of being set free um, and of the Lord returning to take his place amongst them again. Um, and it feels like it's the same image that you get with Mary, that once she's discovered this amazing great news at the end, it's like, I, in my head, I imagine that she just runs to tell the disciples this good news. Um, and when we seek Jesus and see him and get to know more of him and hear his voice and he does amazing things in our lives, we should be so, so eager to share this joy with others. How beautiful it is to our families, to our friends, to our neighbours um, and to strangers that, that we might meet here and there um, to share this good news of Jesus with them, to let them know that they can have a relationship with the Father. Is this image 
that we see from Isaiah, do you think of this when you are sharing good news with those around you? Is this the image that you have of yourself as you get on the train, as you pop in to see your neighbours, as you're grabbing lunch with the colleague at work this week? As we go about living our lives this week, please do think about this image. As you're having a conversation with a neighbour, with someone you might meet on the street, with a homeless person who asks you for money and is probably hungry, with uh, a family member who might have popped in to see you. Think how beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news, who publishes peace, who brings good news of happiness, who publishes salvation, who says to Zion, your God reigns. And may, may he come and reign in the hearts of those that you speak to this week that don't know him. Can I just pray for us? Okay. Yeah, Heavenly Father, we just, we thank you that you have adopted us, Lord. Those of us who know you and have committed our lives to you, we thank you that you've adopted us into your family, Lord. We're so thankful for your grace today, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you do love, Lord, to show us more and more of yourself that you love to open our eyes to see you, Lord. Thank you, God, that you love to speak to us. Lord, you've just got so many good things to say to us. Lord, I just pray, Lord, that we would hear you even now where we are. And I thank you, Lord, that this is such good news, Lord. This is such good news, Lord, that each of us who know you, Lord, we are a people full of joy, God, that we have been saved. We are full of joy that you have delivered us from all that was before, Lord, and you've given us new life. And I just pray, Father, that this week you would give us real strength and boldness, Lord, and eyes to see the way that you see, Lord. As we sit with those who don't know you, help us to share, Lord. Help us to overflow in the love that you've shown us this week, Lord. I pray. And I pray but that will come from a place where we've really met with you as well, Lord that each of us will meet with you this week. Help us to, um, to come and seek you. Help us to come before you, Lord, that things won't distract us from getting into your presence, Lord, but that we would fall in love with you over and over and over again, that we would see more that you've got for us, Lord. I pray for all of us, Lord, that uh, you would continue to take us further and further with you, Lord. Amen.